0: This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, my friend uh, and an author. Um, he actually he ha- he writes for the Pentecostal Periodical, and that he he he's come up with some great content. Uh, so you've got you guys. You guys if you love this podcast, you really should subscribe to the magazine too. If you're looking for some incredible, uh, wholesome apostolic content, I'm telling you, this stuff is Holy Ghost inspired. It's 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 worth it's worth the the few bucks that you're investing in it, um, and that's exactly what it is. It's an investment into this project, uh, and I'd like to see this go way beyond, I mean, just like this podcast, which, <laughs> uh, it's all over the world. We have like 30 different countries, and I don't have time to go down through the list, maybe one of these days I will, but 30 different countries that are tuning in to the Apostolic Theory Podcast, and that's incredible. I never, I never expected that, but today, we have my friend, Thomas teal with us i'm very excited he has a book and i want him to tell us a little bit about about that we'll have a little bit of time a bit later in the in the episode but uh brother teal why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself your background your ministry and where you are today
1: thank you uh, it's an honor to be on the podcast and uh congratulations to the uh to all the audiences that you're reaching with such a powerful ministry and I am honored to be a part of it. Um, I was not born and raised in church. My father had a Baptist background and my mother was a Jehovah Witness and neither one of them really practiced um, their faith so God was not any part of my upbringing. I mean probably maybe a handful of times I'd gone to church with my father. Um, you know christmas easter the holidays but outside of that it was never really part of the infrastructure that made up our home Uh, i was if you read in the book you'll find out that you know i was conceived and birthed in my father's senior year so i came into the world not under the best circumstances and then you know shortly after my parents got married probably two or three years they were divorced again and my dad was a 21 year old a single father with a three-year-old son so moved back in with my grandparents and then he got remarried again and then we you know by the time I was 17 he was divorced dropped out of school and I was an aspiring musician that uh, had the aspiration and dreams of being a rock star so I had dropped out of school devoted myself to music and gave my life to that and um, along with that lifestyle uh, was drugs and alcohol and some pretty crazy things happened to me, almost died a couple of times. Um, but in all that, I always was writing. Um, I did really good in creative writing in school and, you know, obviously being in a band, you write songs and lyrics. So writing was really always been a part of my life. And uh, coupled with music, you know, I got to fulfill both of my dreams, writing songs and then playing songs. So. Um, my father was a guitar player. My grandfather was a guitar player. My cousins are guitar players. All my children are gifted in music. So the Lord has definitely blessed me with talents, uh, music and writing and to him be the glory. So, you know, the inspiration behind my book actually came from uh, a challenge my wife posed to me. She said, I was, so uh, the Lord was dealing with me a while back and, um, you know as well as i do we live in a world that is just bombarded with technology
0: yeah
1: apps you know internet it's instagram social media and I just, I just got to a point in my life from like you know my mind is just being so inundated with all this stuff it was during actually it was during the uh the presidential election in 2016 when i when she first posed this idea to me so i said you know what i said i looked at her one night before going to bed i said i'm just gonna unplug for 40 days for 40 days, I'm not going to fill my mind with nothing but the scriptures and prayer and fasting. So before I went to bed, she's like, listen, you need to write a book called Unplugged. Now, I had never written a book in my excuse me in my life before. And she said, uh, you need to do that. So that resonated with me. So the next morning I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm going to write that book. And I was on my way to an appointment that had canceled. And I pulled over in this construction site, and I narrated the first chapter onto my phone, and that began the journey of of writing this book called Unplugged. And it started with the premise of just detaching myself from all the things that seem to be, like I said, not to be redundant, but inundating our minds day in and day out with all the the the, the hysteria of what's coming across, you know, the news bulletins. So that's the beginning of where the journey of writing the book began. And I remember I talked to a, uh, a uh, lady about my book, and she said one thing, she's an editor, she said to me, she said, one thing that you want to do is you want to bring yourself into your book. And I said, well, I- I'm going to attempt to do that, never having any prior writing experience and dropping out of high school, you know, um, in the 10th grade. i wasn't very knowledgeable in writing and st- sentence structure and all that, and never had a formal writing class. So I said, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do my best." So as I began to pray and seek the Lord because really, I wanted to write the book to help people. Because I knew if I was struggling with the daily pulls of this life and the things that want to influence, how much more other people that don't have God, that don't have the Holy Ghost, and that are you know that are seeking. So I thought, well, if I can write a book that will not only help the apostolics, but it can possibly help those that are seeking God, that would be the best of both worlds. So as I began to pray and read in the scriptures, God began to open up my mind to really, there's a lot of people in the scriptures that had to unplug. And one of the main characters that are write about in the book is Joseph. Because if you want to talk about a man that could have let the things of the past, betrayal, and the herds from family members control his life and monopolize him to a place of just depravity. I mean, he could have been a great example of that, but obviously he, he realized that through it all, God was working for his good, but sometimes in the, in the midst of things, you don't always see that. So there's uh, I got Joseph in there, and I got uh, Manasseh in there, who's, you know, whose father was Hezekiah, and one of the greatest kings of all, um, Judah, And then, you know, we know that he prayed that prayer and Isaiah grant or God granted him 15 years. And and then the extension of his life is when Manasseh was born. And you would think that his father being this great king, why would he rebel and go the opposite direction of all the things that his father had accomplished? So in the book, I feel like God gave me some answers to that. And I address those because I feel like personally that Manasseh was angry. That the guy that he loved and respected the most had died, and there's a lot of people out there they get angry at life because things seem to be unfavorable for them. So there's there's that in there, and there's like I said there's Joseph, and there's just um, a litany of other characters that I, I try to parallel with life and our life and the things that we deal through as Christians in this war against um, the opposition of the world. So that's that's kind of where what it's about. And uh, I'm actually working on another book right now. It's it's in the process of, of being edited. But, you know, like you with your podcast and all of us that write for Pentecostal Publishing, um, our desire is to help those not only in church but out of church. And Jesus said the fields are white unto harvest. So I think it's our job, whether it be social media, witnessing on the streets, door knocking, canvassing, to take the truth and try and reach those ones that are plugged into this life and unplug them from the world and plug them into Christ.
0: Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So so you know, and when I wrote the book, there's also a journal that you can purchase with it because it's one thing to say, Hey, I'm gonna unplug. But like what I did is I took forty days of my life, and i I'll, I'll just be completely honest with you. During this process, it was the very first time God ever used me in the gifts of the Spirit, ever, the first time ever. And I've taught hundreds of Bible studies I've given people, hundreds of people the gospel, and when my mind and my life was completely unplugged from this world and plugged into the Spirit, miraculous things happened. And uh, I, you know, that's what I really want to happen for anyone that reads this book, and it can have the same impact on them as it has with me. And if you can do that, I think you've, you've accomplished something. And you can bring something closer to the Lord. And that's really what it's all about.
0: So, the, the title of your book. Give, a, give the listeners the title of your book and where they, can, where they could buy it.
1: Okay, the title of the book is called Unplugged, A Journey of the Mind, Soul, and Strength. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you think about it, when Paul wrote that in Romans, because that's where the battle is. Be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing. So that renewing is a rebuilding. We have to rebuild our minds. Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, why did he say that? Because the opposite of that is the carnal mind so if we want to live in the spirit and walk in the spirit we have to have the mind of the spirit so in order to do that we have to unplug and the generation that we live in is like no other generation the apostles didn't have the war of the mind that we have they didn't have the visuals that we have they didn't have the iphone that we have and if you think about it, it's kind of ironic the worldwide web that's what it's known as right www well it's exactly what is it it's a web that people get tangled up in and i've seen it affect people in in, in a pretty adverse way so the, uh, the the book is unplugged and you can get it at amazon it's on apple it's also on um it's another one it's on i forget i apologize oh, lulu it's on lulu so there's a couple of different places you can get it um obviously amazon is the primary one but I've I've had I've had people write me and tell me that I mean and I say this with complete humility and God goes to to God be the glory but they said it's one of the best books you have ever read because they were struggling with addiction they were struggling with different things and throughout the book I I convey my life and testify in parallel with the scriptures to make it relatable to the readers so they can realize that they're not on this island all by themselves but there are other people struggling just like they have going through what they've gone through. And the people in the scriptures, Solomon said there's no new thing under the sun. But well, why did he say that? Because there's always the same thing. Anger is still anger, whether it's 2,000 years ago or it's yesterday. Hatred is still hatred. So the emotions that we experience are nothing new. They've always been there. So times may have changed as far as technology, but humanity within itself, emotions are still there. So you know, if we can make it relatable through the scriptures it gives hope to people to see what God can do for those that trusted in him and in his word and unplugged is all about that
0: so your journey this this 40 day journey of of seeking God um unplugging from the world and really what you're doing is you're talking about disconnecting from that, and yes. reconnecting with God, and the the power. You I mean you you said yourself you know your your life. You know you said it was the first time God used you in the gifts of the Spirit because you disconnected from the world, but reconnected with the Creator.
1: That's exactly right. And really, if you think about it, when God calls us out, that's why I said, be not conformed, but be transformed. Because, now let me ask you this question. Were you born and raised in church, brother? Brother Brandon?
0: I was a bus kid for some years. Um, I was never fully in church until I was about 12 years old. Um, then I was in church with my mother until I was about a teenager. Then I went my own way. Of course, my mother and my father were divorced, and they were both remarried. Uh, my mother served the Lord. My stepfather did not, and my father and stepmother did not serve the Lord. So, I had a I had a lot pulling on me. So, so I, I you know, absolutely.
1: Um, so then, you know, the transformation that you had to go through. To disconnect yourself from the world unplug from those influences and plug into the things that are going to transform your mind and renew your mind and have the thoughts that that, that christ wants us to have to be in order to be christ-like absolutely and that and, and that's the power of of our of our witness like i would go into um Pre-COVID, I would go into treatment centers and help the homeless and, and 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 the drug addict, and they would look at me and say, "Well, I can never be like you." I'm like, "Look, I was just like you. I'm I'm no different than you are." I said, and I even I put this out there one time. I said, "I can predict your future for you." I go, "You want to know the future?" And they're like, "Oh my God, how can you predict the future?" I go, "I'm going to give you the word of God." He said, "If you're willing." And obedient you will eat the good of the land i said my life is only good because i've chosen to obey the word of the lord so really either you obey or disobey and the consequences can be good or they can be bad it's that simple in concept so you know really unplugging is taking this message of what it is to be free from the things that have this world in bondage and it begins in the mind because the carnal mind is the enemy of god so you know that's really what it's what it's all about. And listening to the podcast you had with Brother Neil on outreach, what an incredible uh, message he shared. And I was sharing it with um, because I'm involved in outreach and overseas outreach. My sons involved in outreach, and my my daughter law. And he made an incredible point in uh, in John chapter number, uh, number four, I believe it is, or six, with the with the woman at the well. Sorry, yep. I Can't think of the verse. Right and he said look he said look out of the fields for the white under harvest and he was talking about samaria and how you know that was going to be the harvest of the new testament church and then he proceeded to talk about the salt us being the salt of the earth and he said we always take that scripture as salt's a preservative and it preserves life and, and all that he goes but really if you think about what salt does is it whets the appetite It makes you thirsty, and that's what our lives are supposed to be. We are supposed to be the thing that makes people thirst and want more for God. So when I would go into these treatment centers, I wouldn't brag about the fact that I have my own business or I have my own house. I would testify what the power of God and unplugging from this world and plugging into the Word can do for your life. You don't have to live a life of depravity. You don't have to be homeless. You don't have to be penniless. He said... If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And then he said, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, spiritually and naturally. God wants to bless his people. It's, I mean, Jesus said, you have the poor with you always, for sure. But at the same time, it's a great testimony when God brings you from depravity and brings you into prosperity, like Joseph. Joseph was a prisoner, then he became a prince. So I believe those things can be afforded to the saints we take the necessary steps to bring the favor of God in f- in larger measures into our life through obedience to the scriptures,
0: so you think of you could you could we could really develop that there, and uh we could go into how Abraham was blessed because he oh, obeyed because he yeah. o- because he obeyed God, but who else was blessed because Abraham obeyed God. Lot was blessed because Abraham obeyed God. Abraham's seed was blessed because Abraham obeyed God. He didn't have a Bible, bro, to read. He had the no. voice of God speaking to him, called him out. On, well, here's the deal. Abraham, this is interesting, Abraham's father was an idol maker.
1: Oh, yeah. And Come
0: on. And, and, and so... In that day and age, the son picked up, historically speaking, the same uh, uh, trade trade of the father. So, i.e., by quick deduction, historically speaking, Abraham would have been an idol maker.
1: Absolutely.
0: But God called him out of idol making to serve him. He said, Abraham, look at these stars. Look at these stars. The stars you see in the sky, that's gonna be that's gonna be your children. And he goes, Wait a second. You realize how old I am, right, God? Like like, straight up, straight up. G, you know I'm old, right? <laughs> right. And uh, but, so,
1: let me let me interject a scripture there because it says in Romans chapter number four, and he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to reform. So not only did Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The recipients of those of that promise fell on them. We too, my brother, are the recipients and the descendants through faith of the word of God. And we inherited the blessings of Abraham because we're walking by faith and not by sight. Because Abraham was before the law, and that's how righteousness can be obtained. It's not in the literal law, it's the righteousness of faith through the obedience to the scriptures that Allah was to inherit the promises of Abraham like he did.
0: Absolutely, another another great uh, a great thing that I I just feel uh, is necessary. So w- incredible contrast between Lot and Abraham, you know. Right. Lot originally they're separated, uh, but where before they were ever separated? Where did Lot pitch his tent towards?
1: The wild water plains of Are You talking about at the separation?
0: Yeah lot pitched his tent towards sodom and gomorrah yes. towards the perceived what looked like good land
1: well watered except before god destroyed it oh yeah
0: and so and here abraham he just says you know what i think we should just we should just part ways our herdsmen are fighting you know lot could have just said could have just knocked some sense into his herdsmen said hey listen you better figure out how to get along because I'm going with Abraham. <laughs>
1: yeah. He, he had the calling of God. He had the blessing of God. He had the favor of God. And obviously, Abraham was very influential in Lot's life. Otherwise, he never would have left with him. So I believe that one of the deciding factors to Lot's decision to leave when Abraham did was because Abraham testified to him how God appeared to him. What other what other inspiration could he have had to want to leave unless maybe he was just tired of you know living in that land but i gotta believe abraham was influential in lot's decision and if i can just kind of be evangelistic here is that i believe part of the problem with a but lot was he has followed abraham for like i think he separated when abraham was 86 i think it was when they finally separated so for like 11 years um you know, Lot was following Abraham around and he's seen um he went to Abimelech and you know Limelech, and he's seen um you know his Sarah get taken and he's seen the faults in Abraham and I think maybe he may have lost a little bit of confidence in that in that calling and you know and God never told Abraham to bring Lot. That was just something that Abraham wanted to do on his own, and the promise of God could not come to pass until God allowed that strife to happen. And there's things in our life that sometimes we hinder the blessings of God because we take things with us that God never told us to take. And it takes strife sometimes to separate, or not necessarily literal strife, but things in our spirit God has to bring up and separate from us in order for that promise to come to pass.
0: So what you're saying is there are going to be times in your life where things come up against you, spirits attack you. Things happen, whether it's whether it's sickness, whether it's whatever it is that are literally, literally going to force you to disconnect in lots. Let's say lot situation, for instance,
1: it's a metaphor.
0: And incre- yeah. something in, in, incredible is about to happen. God's about to just smoke those folks right off the face of the earth, right. Because they're living in sin. They don't want anything to do with God. And here, the Bible says that Lot was vexed. He was a righteous man, but he was vexed in his soul because he lived in the land. And because of their evil doings, Lot was yes. vexed in his soul. He was vexed. And so his righteousness, he was a preacher of righteousness, he was a man of righteousness, but that well, where did didn't did that
1: come from. Where, where did all that? Where, what, what made him that preacher? Where did their righteousness come from? It came from Abraham. Abraham preached to him for all those years, and then when he he didn't believe Abraham, he didn't. He, I'm, I'm just we're being you know, um, reading into it between the lines. But apparently he didn't believe it. But when he got to Sodom, he began to believe it because he realized all those things that Abraham had told him were true. And now he found himself trapped in Sodom.
0: And so here he is in Sodom. God's about to smoke that place off the face of the earth, right? And and yep. and so he has this experience, and he didn't want to go. He lingered.
1: <laughs> he lingered, and the angels hastened him and grabbed him by the hand <laughs> and said, don't look back. And there's another great metaphor. What happened to Lot's wife? She looked back. Wow. There's just so many incredible stories within those couple of chapters, and it's all about unplugging it you i mean it all circles back to separating ourselves from the world and plugging into the things of god and sometimes it takes strife and things in life for that to happen in order for his promise to come to pass abraham wandered around for 25 years before he ever had isaac and all those things had to happen but i, I believe this too i believe that for 75 years god dealt with abraham maybe not you know from the womb from an infant but through his early you know young life into his adult life i believe god was dealing with abraham and abraham like you said saw and witnessed his father making those idols and he could never produce nothing they were just nothing more than imaginations of what his culture had perceived as god but he knew there was a greater god and god reached out and saw that inside abraham and when you were that young boy and you were, your parents were divorced you were going through what you were going through, God saw in you, Brother Crooker. He saw in me and he saw in those of us that have come from the world like Abraham that there was more to this life than what we perceived. religion was and what God was. If I can just testify to you for a second, I walked out of the Baptist church one time and I knew what I heard was incorrect. And I I I didn't know God. I did have the Holy Ghost. I did I just walked outside and I looked up at heaven and I said, I know you're real. But what I just heard I know is not correct. And I don't know what is truth, is God, but I'm just gonna try and be the best person that I can be because I know that you're real. And it wasn't too long after that that God introduced himself to me. So there's people like that in this life, like Abraham, that are walking around that we're going to bump into one day and we're going to share this gospel and their lives are going to be transformed. And it's because of your testimony of what you've gone through that you're going to be that beacon in the night, Brother Brandon. I believe that for all of us. That's what God called us to do.
0: So when you think about the book of Revelation, for instance, when it says that we over will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and so yes, because the blood applied to our life obviously gives us remission of sins, it gives yes, us Lord. the ability to. I mean, there's again we could we could there's just so much that could be talked about. In in this segment, um,
1: if, if I'm going a million places, no, I apologize. That's I'm okay.
0: Trying to be this, no, no, sir. This no, engineer. this is tremendous. This is great. This is great teaching. This is great study. This is this is tremendous. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, the the Bible says that the blood of goats and rams can't cannot remit. They can't remove. Can't remit sin. So right. all it did was sort of rolled it back, and it was just rolled back and. So it's a, if you could picture this for a second, every single year you go, yep. you, you give your sacrifice and your sin is rolled back and just rolled back. But here. at the end, there's still this heaping pile of all this sin. It never it was never removed.
1: See, and this is what I love. This is what I love about the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of James, he talks about the perfect law of liberty. And the real first place that we see Christ introduce the perfect law of liberty is Matthew chapter number five with the Beatitudes. Because he goes from the old to the new. It was said of old time, but I say unto you, blessed are the peacekeepers. And he goes through all those things, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he begins to unfold in the scriptures to us that there's another law greater than moses's law that's why he said you whited sepulchers pull the dead man's bones because you appear to be righteous on the outside but in you're full of extortion so that old testament law or that the annual sacrifice never dealt with the heart though god tried to deal with man by making him give his best it still wasn't enough because he felt he became self-righteous because He offered God the best and all the things of the ceremonial law. They were lifted up with the Pharisees and the scribes and all that. But really, God wants the heart, and that's what he's after. And that's what the perfect law does of Jesus Christ. It goes after the inward things that no one can see. And that's what God is judging us on. And that's what God looked down and saw in Abraham. And that's what he saw in David. That's why when David made the tabernacle of David... He knew what the New Testament church was going to be. He knew it wasn't just a natural sacrifice, but it was the sacrifice of the heart. And it was the lifting up of the hands of the evening sacrifice. He knew that prayer was a type, the incense was a type of prayer. And he's seen all those glorious things. That's why in Revelations and the Philadelphia church, he said, he that has the key of David. And the key of David was the perfect law of liberty. He understood the types and shadows and metaphors that Christ himself was fulfilled in that tabernacle.
0: Wow. That's good. That's good. Wow. Bro.
1: <laughs> so, you know, that's so, you know, and uh, my, my pastor Bishop uh, W J Davidson recently passed away, but you know, he taught me all these things and I've been in church now 29 years and, you know, I, I have I have labored in the word and taught search for truth. And, um, you know, God has given me, given us, the apostolics, just tremendous truth that's been hidden throughout the ages. And we can look into the scriptures and we can see those types and shadows and we can see those metaphors and we can understand what Jesus is really talking about. That's why I love the, the expression that the Old Testament is the New Testament um, concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed because what Christ did in the, in the natural, he did in the spiritual. And it starts with Abraham. Abraham was before the law. So we knew that the law was going to bring in Christ, but there was also something before the law, that which was the faith of Abraham. had to be coupled with what the tabernacle would present in the spirit.
0: Absolutely. This is, this is so good. This is so, so good, bro
1: yeah it's that's just good you know and again let this mind be in you well how can you have the mind of christ unless you understand those types of shadows how can you understand you know when he says the things that he says unless you understand what he's really saying through the spirit he said they that are led of the spirit they are the sons of god so it's important that we have these truths and are led by the spirit and uh and that we're just we're just blessed. We're just really, really blessed. And I'm thankful for all that God's given given his church. Well um, you know, we're that needle in the haystack and we're that grain of sand that God has plucked out and shared these things with us. Well let me bless people.
0: Let me let me let me interject uh just Go for ahead. just Sorry. for a, just for a minute. Um Solomon, you know, he's One of the wisest, you know, and, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, God comes to him and asks him what he wants and all he asks for is wisdom. He said, well, just give me wisdom so I can lead your people. Well, if we take that same concept and we bring that into, you know, today and, and we think about. The, how the Bible says where your treasure is there are there your heart will be also but if, so if you want to understand the scriptures your heart has to be and find treasure in the scriptures and I've heard it said before ahead, that that you make time for what's most important to you. So uh, a lot of times we we get our priorities so out of whack, so out of order that we put uh our job, we put uh working out, we put video games, we put TV, we put uh uh reading, uh, anything except for the Bible, we put uh family. We put everything, 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 everything before connecting with God, before separating And finding a quiet place, a secret place, uh, where it's just you and God, where you're praying, where you're reading your Bible, where you're studying the Word of God, where you're allowing God to speak to your mind. Those places, are you cannot get to them. You cannot get to them. And find the full revelation that Jesus Christ wants you to have in them if we're not doing what you're talking about in this book. And that's disconnecting.
1: Yes, sir. And, and, you know, um, that treasure, where your treasure is, well, there we be also. So, really, you have to ask yourself, what's my treasure? What am I treasuring the most? Because whatever you're spending the most time in, that's clearly your treasure because that's what you're investing yourself into. But if you really find that, you know, the Bible, the Word of God is the treasure. The church is the treasure. You know, he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Well, why is that? Because anything outside of that that draws you away, that's your treasure. So the Bible, the scriptures, prayer, that's your treasure. That's 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 what's going to get you into eternal life. You know, he said, what does a man to profit if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Lay not up for yourself treasures in earth where rust, moth, and thieves do break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So obviously the treasures in heaven are the eternal things in the scriptures and in the word but it's easy to get that to get that skewed because sometimes we can think well you know um, prosperity can be a thief it can be a deception because you can think the favor of god is in your life because you have prosperity and prosperity he said And I'm all for prosperity. I'm all for your tithes and your offering. But you have to have a check in your life to make sure that you're not serving the blessing more than the blesser. Because I've seen it. I've seen it take people out.
0: Wow. Wow. That's good. Say Say that one more time.
1: We have to be careful because I've seen people get taken by the blessing because they tend to serve the blessing more than the blesser, because that's where the treasure is,
0: wow and that yeah, so I've said it recently i i I've been posting a lot on Twitter lately um just what yeah, i I'm, just what I feel led i just i just sometimes they're completely different sometimes it's the same topic sometimes it's i just i just feel led to write you know just these short snippets these little things and uh one of them recently was uh, i was talking about um how we need to allow ourselves to find the time uh where we are separated but Still connected to the body where we're not isolated but we have, you know, allowed ourselves to stay connected to the olive branch.
1: Well, we know that he said in John 5, I am the vine, ye are the branch. So he wants us connected. But he also wants us, like you said, to be disconnected from the things of this life. That's why Paul said, no man that warreth entangle himself with the things of this world. Because if you are warned against the world, how can you entangle yourself with it? Because it's going to strangle you out. So if we can go back to a scripture where the Lord talked about the seeds, he said, we know there's three. there was four kinds. There was wayside, stony, thorns, and thistles, and then the good ground. Well, if you think about it's a progression there. And I can't remember the exact order. of The first two I, I think it was the stony ground. Um, he had no depth. He said when the sun came up, uh no the wayside soil. It was the stony anyways, the third one is the is the thorns and thistles, and that's a slow process. That's the one that says the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches choke that person out. So going back to what I said earlier is that if we become so connected to the world and yet we think we're disconnected, we're deceiving ourselves and we're slowly being strangled out by the cares of this life. That's why you said it's important to be in that body, to be at every church service because you just don't know when your number's gonna be called. And if if you're not in that place and God calls your number, it'd be a terrible appetite to have, to miss eternal life.
0: Wow. Wow. This has been this has been tremendous, Brother T. I I appreciate you carving the time out of your of your day to okay. join me uh on Apostolic Theory.
1: Okay. Um I'm sorry if I, if I if I got carried away, I apologize.
0: Don't apologize. This has been like I said, this has been absolutely incredible. Um, I love this. I love this. I wish every episode was like this. Uh this is this is good. This is this is the Holy Ghost. This is Somebody's going to listen hey, to this, and their life is going to be their their mind is going to be transformed. They're going to say, "I gotta, I gotta get that book." So,
1: well, you you can. I have my own personal webpage. It's uh, thomaslteal.com, dot com, and um, you know if you want to go on uh, if you want to go on there, you can find me there, or you can email me, or you know, Instagram, or uh, teal at Instagram or Twitter, same thing and uh and if i can help anyone you know that's my whole objective and that was the premise of the book and uh this is to me this is what it's all about this is this is breaking bread right here brother brandon what we did today we talked about the goodness of god the favor of god the mercy of god the love of god the blood of christ and all the things that god gave his church so that we can be empowered with his spirit to be victorious in him and through his word and testifying about it and sharing it with one another to encourage those that are listening to your podcast in all these different countries to let them know that God is the same God in America as he is in every other country. It's the same power of the Holy Ghost working in us that's working in them. If he did it before, he'll do it again. And his Bible testifies to us time and time again that we are more than conquerors. Amen.
0: Wow. I think we should leave it on that note. That is, that is, that is tremendous. More than conquerors, the same Holy Ghost that we have in America is the same Holy Ghost that works in you. Wow. Praise God. Amen. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pentecostal Periodical Magazine, a 501c3 ministry with writers who believe and live apostolic doctrine. A few writers include Kelly Nix, Scott Phillips, Samantha Thrash, Neil Purcell, Larry Chalklin, Jeff Farnold and more. You can subscribe at www.pentecostalperiodical.com. If you would like to join our writing team or would like to make a donation, email us at info at This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you, who are willing to to Bridge the Gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.